didn't see you there. Something big is going on here. From hunting ghosts to Bigfoot, paranormal, UFOs, true crime, and more. We won't just be spouting articles. I was researching for your entertainment. The beginning of a new world. The best guac you'll ever fucking eat. True story. It's basically like one day you walk outside and you see that the ants are playing with matches. This, this is, is the, the Black, Black Cat, Cat Report. Report. See you on the other side. Trigger warning. While we won't be going into graphic detail, part of the story will mention memories of rape. Quick heads up, this is part two of the Mojave UFO incident. If you haven't heard part one yet, please go back to last week's episode and give it a listen. You might be a little bit confused if you don't. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 27 of the Black Cat Report. My name is Gil, and I'm joined with today by the incredible... Betsabe. Hello. And the wonderful Selena. Hello. Unfortunately, Joey is still out making money to buy Bonbon Christmas presents. Also, hey, if you're catching this on the day it comes out, Happy New Year's! We can't wait to share it with you. Yay! We hope you have a fun, wonderful, great, safe New Year's. You do all the things that you'll regret, and nobody remembers them. (laughs) Now, let's dive back into the show. When we last left off, Tom and Elise were trapped in the back of a truck camper in the Mojave Desert. Elise was actively hearing a voice communicating commands in her head. They were surrounded by thousands of pairs of red-eyed, tiny-headed goblins, and they were being stood guard over by two bluish-gray beings. Then, from a large cloud, a massive saucer had just appeared and was slowly descending until it was only about a hundred yards off the desert ground. Did I miss anything? Yeah? Is that Mm -mm. pretty much a good summary? Okay. Right. So, Elise and Tom were firmly in the grips of this developing horror story. And to give you an idea of where we're at in the experience, we're only on page 50 of our source book, The Mojave Incident by Ron Felber. I I cannot stress to you enough like how good this book is. Like that whole episode, everything, I, I left so many little nuggets and so many things out. We only got to page 50 of a 200-page book. Like the writing is is incredible. Like... I don't want to say dense because that has the wrong connotation, but I will put it in our current, like, you know, our current lexicon. She thick, right? So (laughs) the book is thick. (laughs) Anyways, now, as what can only be described as a mothership appeared, Elise and Tom soon noticed there were lights flashing along the bottom in a code similar to the smaller nine objects they had seen earlier. From the bottom of this massive ship, what they refer to as a probe, 200 foot wide, shot down to the ground and, quote, then began transporting objects both into and out of the spacecraft. From the disk's underbelly hung six smaller units the size of helicopters and designed like miniature versions of the mothercraft that suddenly became visible, end quote. The couple held each other as they fell deeper into fear, asking each other repeatedly if they were seeing the same thing as a tunnel made of light moved objects up 
and down in front of them. At one point, Tom, not believing his own eyes, asked Elise, quote, Name the objects. She replied, They're patterned. They're, they're patterns of things more than actual visual, physical objects. Things like plants and cattle, cactus and, and even trees. End quote. The second craft, the massive probe, was triangle-shaped, with the nose of the craft touching the ground and covered in amber and red and white lights. They could hear it working, causing a low rumble in the distance as it searched for whatever it searched for. Elise began praying, praying to get back home safe, praying for her children, all the while Tom grew more and more fixated on another type of being that appeared, a third type that approached and began looking directly into the camper windows. Oof. Gross. There was nine of them, and they were glowing. Standing at about five foot tall, they had deep black eyes, long thin arms and legs, and quote, an underdeveloped torso the size of a three-year-old child's, end quote. <laughs> they are incredibly, like, disproportional Grotesque. to human standards. Mm-hmm. This is, can you just imagine you're in, like, a, a camper cab on the back of a of a truck of, of like a ford f-150 an old ford f-150 and through those like long narrow windows on the side you literally have like nine creatures just approaching like just inches away from the window just looking at you You're like, like can you not this reminds me the they remind me of um the simpsons halloween episode where mr burns um gets lost in the woods and he's like high on drugs and Lisa, I think, is the one that thinks she sees a, an alien. <laughs> I haven't seen this, but I need to now. <laughs> it's really good. This sounds like a Christmas Day episode. I want to I wanna watch this <laughs> with my family when we go up there. This yeah. sounds awesome. <laughs> I have HBO so, so we can watch The Simpsons. Hell yeah. So Even though were... the UK, they just said that sharing passwords is technically felonious. Fuck that. <laughs> America, baby. Yeah, they just want our money. <laughs> yeah, they declared it fraud in the UK. So sorry to our UK listeners. Y'all are going to jail. And they only have basic showtime, so you're screwed. Anyways, what were you going to say, B? Sorry. So there were different types of aliens, um, yes. not just one type. It's this like they the... all So there gather... were like goblins. <clears throat> there were like yeah. goblins. Then there were like the glowing ones that like electrocuted him yeah or not really glowing they were like bluish like they look like blue flame i guess Mm -hmm. like if you picture like uh loose sparks between two cables that like bluish whitish grayish color they were like like that and like phasing in and out of reality so there's now three types of creatures or beings that are involved in this situation decided to gather together to do this like an this is like a family <laughs> reunion yeah this is a united nations of fear going yeah. on right here jack white did not yeah. think of this when he wrote seven nation army they could hold him back <laughs> i'm so old um so <laughs> while feeling like animals on display at a zoo 
It was at this point Elise heard them, assumed, or instinctively knew they wanted her son, Thomas Jr. Oh my god. She screamed out in agony at the thought while Tom held her, completely disarmed and helpless. A sudden jolt pierces through Tom's body when he looks into the illuminated being's eyes. Then, through intense flashes, he begins reliving moments of his life. The following are a series of quotes in order from this experience. Quote, Thomas at Bulldog Stadium, playing the East-West Championship, bathing in the cheers of thousands as his teammates give him hugs and high fives after a game-winning touchdown. Tom stands, a seven-year-old boy fishing Crestline Lake with his dad and brother, Ron, reeling in not one, but two bass on the same line. Tom is hunting in the high desert with a cadre of pals during his senior year of college. He's a college student, hard a flutter, seeing Elise cross the quad at U of R for the first time. He's on his knees proposing to Elise at the top of the tram restaurant in Palm Springs. Tom is exalted. Tom is humiliated. Tom is proud and jealous and uproarious with laughter. End quotes. These thoughts, these reliving of memories, keep cycling until finally Elise helps him snap out of it shortly before she, too, glances into the being's eyes and is pulled into her own past. Quotes, Elise is a small girl listening to Hayden's E-flat minor concerto blaring from their living room sound system snuggled up to dad on a Sunday morning. She's at home plate swinging a bat and hitting the ball for her first time in their first little league game, mom and dad cheering from the stands as she rounds the bases. She's an adult. In the familiar environs of their local church in Upland, standing next to her mom singing with the congregation. She's making love to Tom. She's giving birth to Zoe. She's hearing the news that her boyfriend, Dave Horton, has cancer. She's playing flute in the college orchestra. She's learning of little Tom's heart defect. She's shopping in the French Riviera with her mom. But then the memories change, shift without warning into a vivid nightmare. She's giving birth to Tom Jr. Struggling through the experience moment by moment back to the end of 16 hours of intense labor, she hears and sees the doctor telling the nurse what drugs she needs. When he's finally delivered, Elise passes out as he's rushed off to neonatal immediately. When she wakes up, she hears a distant cry and begins panicking. Where's my baby? Where's my baby? The nurse tries to calm her down and keep her in the room until finally a doctor comes in and allows her to leave. She's so drugged and out of it, and now she's stumbling through the hallways of the hospital, following echoes of cries of her infant son. She passes a group of doctors commenting on how sad it is, how it's a tragedy. Then she passes Tom, who was making weird statements about how they tried, how there was five of them. Unable to tell if anyone can see her, she continues, passing family in the waiting area, each making vague, sad comments about what's going on. Finally, she makes it to the source of 
the cries and opens the door to the operating room. There, in the center of the room, stand four doctors working on three-year-old Tom Jr. who's sitting straight up looking at her. His chest completely cut open, clamps in place on some of his arteries while blood is flowing freely from the others. Quote, Why did you leave me, Mommy? My God. Elise starts screaming, No, no, it's not true. I would never leave you. Never, ever leave you. And starts running towards him before a thick haze of sulfur cuts through the trauma. It was at that moment that she finally got a better look at the doctors, their eyes. It was them, the beings. Shortly after this, she began to pull out of the experience and become aware of the fact she was in Tom's arms the whole time, still in the camper, still surrounded by all the creatures. Wow. It was only a little after 11.30 p.m. Oh these types of experiences, these four states of intense emotion would continue on and on for literally hours not ending until well after three in the morning at one point Tom will be forced to go through an entire experience where he is being hunted like one of the animals he hunts only in this experience after being shot and tracked down he's skinned and gutted alive For Elise, she relives the entire experience from start to finish where she was raped as a child only to come out of it to find Tom in a daze trying immediately to have sex with her in the camper surrounded by aliens. What the fuck? They are trying as much as possible to push Tom and Elise to their limits good, bad, and terrible and every time a trauma is triggered or cut deeper the smaller gremlin looking beings the one with the red eyes become visibly more excited, more hyper running around outside of the camper and through the canyon at one point while both of them are beginning to be taken by a strange cold fog that keeps rolling into the camper before the visions start Tom will say to Elise, quote, let's decide now that if we die, and if we can, we'll stay together forever. They were driven to the point of wanting to commit suicide, but the control put over them by the beings was preventing Tom and Elise from going through with it. It was literally a living hell. Wow. Oh my god. Y'all, like, I I know I summarized that down a lot. That was like 40 pages of the book of just like really intense memories, super intense details, long stories, like just mindfuck after mindfuck after mindfuck. Like, it just dug into both of them. And they were both just like not realizing they were shifting into these experiences and just completely reliving them and then coming into consciousness and just being like, wait, wait, where am I? Where? Like, it was like a dream state that was just being triggered over and over and over again. And it proceeded in such a, a demented way where it went from like, oh, these are good memories. This is positive. This is this to like, this is getting dark. This is getting darker. This is getting dark to like 
you're hallucinated and being in these things and and just like it's really intense like uh, the scene i'm not gonna go into like the the rape scene it's broken down in detail from her memory um but the scene with her son the way that it flows into that into the book like there's no possible way she could have not just thought that it was like her reliving the memory even if she was aware at the time which i don't who the hell in that state would have enough like would be able to step back to be like i'm reliving stuff right now like no you're just caught up in the moment like you're literally surrounded by aliens you just saw this shit you're in like a second to second kind of mentality you're not thinking about what's actually happening right now you know there's no hindsight so she's going through the experience of like giving birth to her child to like thomas jr but then it just like twists and becomes like demented and she becomes almost like a ghost walking through the hospital as she's hearing all these people making comments about her and then just like literally goes from like she's following the cry of her infant son that just got born to seeing her son current day sitting on a table bleeding out like crying at her like it it gets fucking dark <laughs> like real dark in this shit they they are being tortured straight up yeah it's like they just went down there to find some people to torture they're all just hanging out doing this is fun for them yeah i i don't know but like this is the the worst group to party with um yeah <laughs> um, sorry i had to they're like the bullies they're bullying them low-key like little little bit a little bit so bringing our timeline of their experience up a little bit, right, to just after 3 a.m., signs of relief seem to finally be showing. Well, Tom and Elise held each other, crying and trying to put into words the solitary torture they had been experiencing. A massive movement outside of the camper caught their attention through the windows. First, one by one, and then in packs, Similar to the way they came in, the gremlins, the smaller creatures with red eyes, began to retreat back the way they came, running deeper into the canyon and back out into the desert plains. For the first time since the nine lights appeared in the sky nearly five hours earlier, Tom and Elise felt relief. Crying in joy, Tom was able to actually, like, almost crack a smile was so happy i mean they just got through torture right the couple sat and watched as red eyes only showed occasionally when they would turn around while running away quoting elise the little ones will go first because they were first to land then then the monitors then the tall ones and finally the ship the the spaceship will leave and take them all away tom looked at his watch quote jesus it's it's only 3 a.m., but it's got to be daylight soon. They'll they'll never stay out beyond that. How could they? Some Someone else is bound to be near, bound to see them. Soon, even the tall, even the nine tall illuminated beings, the ones they'd grown to speculate were the leaders of this whole thing, they began to retreat back into the night, back the way they came. 
Tom and Elise were finally able to start thinking again, finally able to get their minds away from emotional, mental, and physical survival, and finally start to process out loud what they had just experienced, what just happened. They started speculating that maybe all of these creatures came here for something entirely different, that running into them was a mistake, just a coincidence. The giant probe, the the strange outlines and shapes that were being sucked into the sky, maybe it was some sort of mining. Maybe the guards were placed there to be just that, to keep Tom and Elise away from their operation. Maybe it was some sort of psychological testing, and they're done. They've got what they needed, and they're moving on. Yeah. And, and like, this whole time, uh, like, Elise and Tom are talking back and forth and back and forth, like, during all those 40-something pages that I kind of, like, ran through with the summary. They're talking back and forth and back and forth about being worried about the kids and if we die and if something happens to us. And, like, they they are super loving, super committed parents. And it is a very big deal. Like they are constantly having just like emotional breakdowns, thinking about not being able to be there for their kids. And Mm -hmm. like that, they're not even, there's like massive parts where they're going through like complete hell and they're just doing the, the classic, like, you know, expectation of a parent, which doesn't make it any easier of like, I don't even care if I die. I'm worried about my fucking kids. Like they are just honestly just constantly just worried about their kids. And like, it's like heartbreaking hearing it because they're, they're trying to bounce between like, I literally want to kill myself, but I'm staying alive for my kids. But the longer I stay alive, the more I get tortured through the most painful possible things I could ever experience in my life and like even when they do and they will later spoiler um try to kill themselves they can't like they are stuck in this they are forced to experience this and the whole damn time you have thousands of these little gremlin looking things all around them all around the desert running like like monkeys almost around the area that are clearly getting more like excited, almost like an audience that's applauding the more traumatized they feel. Like this is, (laughs) that's terrifying. Fucked. Like a part of me, like reading this, I'm like, if they did make this up, they should have just came clean and made a very lucrative living as authors. Cause like, holy shit. Like, yeah. like, like, damn, you had to go through some, like, who writes this? Like, it's, it's so, I don't know who owns the rights. I'm, I'm assuming the author, like, but like, it needs to be a movie. There's so many scenes and like, there's so many things that we won't even cover in this series that it's just like, this could be a damn series, like a mini series, like easy, like no problem. Like I, yeah, I don't know if I would obviously. Benicio del Toro, like he would fucking kill his Tom, you know. <laughs> but, like, but um, but yeah, no, it'd probably end up being Johnny Depp. I would still watch it, but <laughs> Tim Burton, hit I me up. Not really. Read just, the book. Just, dude, it's so good. 
It's so good. I will loan it to you. And also, just as a side note, if anybody does go out and purchase the book, um, send us a photo on like Instagram or an email, contact at blackcat.report. Um, send us a photo of you with the book, like smiling or something like that. I'd love to share it. Um, you know, like we constantly are recommending authors. We're only recommending authors that we actually like give a fuck to share, make episodes about. And, um, kind of i don't know we we'd like the clout to like show authors like hey people actually do check out books when we recommend them um come on our show and answer all of our listener questions and stuff like that so help us build up a movement here damn it love to get ron Mm -hmm. on i heard his interviews on coast to coast and they were pretty great and i have a lot of questions i want to pick his mind about with this tangent done all right So, the couple stared as the invading force of creatures and craft seemed to be moving on further and further into the desert. While understandably impossible to think of at the time, they started to rationalize their individual importance, the absurdity of it all. Quote, what could they want with us? Really, like, who are we? I mean, if they wanted to take human specimens... They sure as hell wouldn't come to the middle of the Mojave to find them, right? So now they're starting to get that kind of like introspective, like hindsight, just feeling like we just went through hell for hours and hours and hours, but they're now actually able to step away from that immediate, that recent trauma, and they're being like, what the hell is going on? Like, maybe they didn't mean to harm us specifically. Like, maybe this is a weird byproduct. It sounds like a... Like, they were all just hanging out, and they're like, oh, let's go check out this empty desert where people usually are not around, and let's just be wild and do our stuff. And then they're coming down, and suddenly they see these two people in the camper, and they're like, oh, let's have some fun with them and torture them and just, like, make a party out of it. And (laughs) they just literally, yeah, like, it just literally... It was like random. They would just happen to be there and they're like, oh, cool. Let's just like use this people for fun. They're actually, this is a case for time travelers. They thought it was Burning Man. And <laughs> they <laughs> totally got it wrong by a couple decades. But like it might, if we go check now, it might be the exact location of Burning Man in the Mojave. Oh my God. And uh, they're just like, yeah, all this crazy shit, all these crazy visuals. Don't you love this? And they're like, damn, these po- folks kind of suck to party with, but it's cool being at the first Burning Man. Um, yeah. You know, so they were just trying to make a party out of it. I'm, I'm with you beyond that. I, I just think that this is a case for the uh time traveler scenario totally that's why they all show up in different outfits looking all weird and shit with their different crafts it's it was all homemade and they're gonna burn it in the end you know any (laughs) who's elise was now overwhelmed with joy and for once this evening she actually began to pray as pure as a form of expressing pure happiness thankful The experience was over. Grateful she would see her children again. Tom screamed out, quote, This is it. They're they're leaving. We're going to live. We're going to see our children again. Oh, their first thought. Once they were finally done blurting out their excitement, the honest, lonely stillness inside of the small camper 
calmly caught their attention. Again, they're in a really tiny camper in the back of a truck, just yelling this shit out into the night, and, like, everything's leaving. Stillness kind of, like, creeps in, right? Well, from the darkness, the illuminated figures approach the camper again. No! No! Their eyes somehow more consuming than before. All the while, flooding in around them, the red-eyed gremlins were swarming, focusing solely on surrounding the camper. Oh my god. (sighs) That's scary. Why? Twist and turns, homies. I told you. (laughs) Like, just go home. (laughs) I feel so bad for them. Why hasn't Amnite Shyamalan stolen this yet? I don't know if he actually I know, right? this, but I'm just saying. He this doesn't. Is some, this is don't like listen to him. Amnite Shyamalan. <laughs> Amnite Shyamalan in Inception. Like it'd be like six Amnite Sam Shyamalan twists happening. But yeah, seriously, I was thinking about like listening to his story. I'm thinking, oh my god, this will be such a great Amnite Shyamalan movie. <laughs> Yeah, I I would seriously love to see that. And it's also been a hot minute since he's made a movie. I know everybody hates on him because honestly, uh, he just his came stuff... out with a movie right now. Oh, which one was it? It's it's really creepy. I actually want to watch it. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's about this gay couple with a kid in the woods, and these three random people come in, and they're like, "You guys are gonna save the world," but like they, it looks like they're about to torture them or kill them or something yeah i'll send you the trailer but yeah he's we still just talked about avatar so it's what wait is that's not am night Shyamalan, is it no yeah that's michael bay i thought that yeah. was like michael bay or somebody that is michael am bay yeah. he produced it oh am produced, Shyamalan it. produced avatar he directed that makes me want to see avatar i feel like M. Night Shyamalan only catches shit after everybody's shocked by his pieces. Like, it's like everybody knows the twist and it literally becomes like a cultural, like a pop culture reference. And then people give him shit. But at the time, people are like, oh, shit, this is good. What's wrong with no, it's a No, it's a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 4 out of 10 on IMDb. No, 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 no. no. It's no, just, no, just not good. The Wait, village, The twist in the village was good. I won't rewatch it, but I'll appreciate the experience. All right, we're getting way off from the plot here. <clears throat> Everybody, I mean, let's get. I hope he's listening to this because I hope he makes. He's my favorite director. He's awesome. I don't care what the tomatoes say. Like he's the best. So <laughs> please go direct this movie. Those tomatoes can go ahead and get all my pizza. Yeah, like so. tomatoes. It's like who are you guys to say what's good or not? You guys are just a bunch of tomatoes. Kind of Go just away. the democracy of the internet. I do respect Rotten Tomatoes being a, a child that, you know, was constantly on Rotten Tomatoes when he was supposed to be studying typing in computer class. I know. Yeah. That and SiteGround. Or not SiteGround. Um, I can't remember, but Battle Tanks. Y'all, somebody go like a post if you like Battle Tanks. You'll know what I mean. Anywho. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Black Cat Report and the Mojave Incident Part 2. This horrendous and scary incident. Poor Tom and Elise. Please like, review, and follow wherever you get your podcasts. 
We are so excited for the new year and the new content we'll have coming out next year. Enjoy the rest of the incident. So this this next reaction is like very understandable. They just felt this massive like <gasps> like this massive relief from freaking like five hours of a fucking torture, right? And then it was just like <clears throat> clear signs, everything leaving, and then it was like, oops, back, motherfucker. Like they started stepping back towards the camper, the the little gremlin things with red eyes, like laser red eyes, started like flooding back in, right? Once the relief was lost, this. Once they realized that the relief was lost, that this wasn't ending, that it was just another. It was just another damn way to get into their heads, to steal their negative emotions, to fuck with them. Tom exploded in rage. Quote, I'll kill you fuckers. Kill all of you. Every fucking one of you. He grabbed his shotgun and yelled out, You sons of bitches, you think you can get away with this? Solid reaction. Uh, (laughs) I'd be pretty pissed too. Um, Yeah. But in that brief moment before his rage could turn to action, the voice that had been commanding them, the invasive voice that had been showing up in both of their heads, controlling them all evening spoke out. Don't do anything to us. Oh God. Put the gun down. You have no chance. In the end will kill you if you try to harm us. Tom's feelings, his rage was being sucked out of him. He was helpless, becoming almost lethargic until finally the shotgun fell out of his hands. Like this dude just straight up like lost control of his will and was aware while he was losing control over his will. It's like these aliens could just like slip the experience of like um what is it ghb um like the date rape drug like onto you they could just like slip it onto you and you just lose all ambition lose will and be stuck viewing yourself as just a conscious kind of like corpse to them to whatever they wanted Mm, that's upsetting yeah Mm -hmm. The gremlin-like beings were now climbing all over the outside of the camper, smearing their faces against the glass and staring (laughs) inside at the the defeated Tom and Elise. They were literally just putting their heads up against the glass, staring at them. That is terrifying. Bright red eyes. They are in a canyon in the middle of nowhere. They've gone through five plus hours of this shit now and now there's thousands of these little things just fucking crawling all over the place like a swarm of cockroaches on their fucking camper mm. just looking at them not like, okay well the droning sound the low rumble of the strange probe began growing louder and louder it was now approaching the truck which was beginning to shake oh god no Realizing what was about to happen, that they were about to be taken up into the large craft, just like all of the things they were witnessing this whole damn no. time in the distance. <laughs> yes, y'all. God. They again contemplated suicide. These are both two, like, or these are two both, like, really, 
really religious folks. They're having discussions back and forth. The book isn't like heavy on that, but it does make it known in key moments like this where they're just like, yo, God will forgive us for this time. Like it's a sin, totally not cool. Um, you know, their words. Um, and they're like, but I think God will forgive us if we decide to take our lives in this moment. This one particular moment right here, like mm-hmm. isn't covered in the scripture. Like I'm just saying. Um, but I'm like Yeah. Seriously, so, I would do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like we we've seen how much they like they love their kids. They really like they're just they're being terrorized at the thoughts of their children. Like, like all these things that are cutting into their deepest, darkest emotions, just chemistry of emotions to bring out the worst fucking feelings. A lot of them are focused on their kids. And with that in mind, knowing that they would leave their kids, they're still like, we should kill ourselves. Like that's how hard this hits. This is Mm -hmm. horrible. So things began crashing and flying around inside the camper as the truck was being picked up and lifted into the air. Oh, they're taking the whole truck too. Oh, they're taking the whole damn thing. (laughs) And and there's like, there's some weird parts where there's their testimony. And I kind of had a hard time like reframing it slash even like directly quoting it i'm I'm gonna have to read it a few more times but it's one of the only parts of the book where i'm like i'm not tracking what's going on it's like two paragraphs and i'm just like i i can't figure this out but it seems like the entire area like the dirt the tree next to them the like the campsite like everything around them it's almost like the the electrical outline the 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 persona the i don't know how to say it right the uh, the coloring book without the colors like picture of of where they're at is all being lifted up right so it's almost like the the soul like the outline of the soul is being lifted up from the ground so when they're in the camper and they're looking out and all this shit's flying around and stuff they're seeing everything but they're not seeing everything like they know that something's like not quite right which like oh, respect to wow. them yeah, like respect to them in that moment, I wouldn't have the best memory of detail either. You know, <laughs> it's like being in a car that just got in an accident and is rolling down the highway. Like you might not have the best memory of what sign did you see while you were rolling? Like, you know, like you're going to be like, I don't know, I was rolling, shit was flying everywhere. But like yeah. it, it, it was just like these. This reminds me of hallucinations and this isn't a knock at their experience because there's a lot of things that that point towards this not being a hallucination. Um, E.g., or if anybody's ever done hallucinogens, you know what they are mutually experiencing. It's not a hallucinogen. That's not how hallucinogens work. Everybody doesn't get together in a group, take hallucinogens, and have the exact same sighting of everything. That's not how it works. (laughs) So, like, but when you take hallucinogens, psychedelics, a lot of times the the hallucination or what what you're seeing it's not that you're actually seeing it it's that you have so many senses geared towards the impression that what you're seeing is there 
that you feel like you're seeing it. It's almost like you can smell it. You can feel the warmth coming off of it. You can, you know, like it's it's just like it's there in the room, but it's not there. That's kind of how I feel like they were talking about everything being lifted, including earlier with like the cactuses and the animals and like everything being lifted up off the desert floor. It's like, it was like a visual outline of an impression of the thing. It was like the soul, the emotion Mm -hmm. of these things were being sucked up and mined into this craft, but not the physical object, which is important because when we talk about UFOs, we talk about experiences, we talk about physical evidence. We still don't know how to measure consciousness. <laughs> we still don't know what the fuck consciousness is. The thing that's allowing you to hear this show and hopefully enjoy it. The thing that's allowing us to talk about it. We've had that forever. As long as humans have been around. We still don't know how to measure it. So if the heart behind that can be stolen, how would researchers come in and measure it? We don't even know what the fuck it is. Wow. That, that's deep. That's kind of the feeling I get from what they're experiencing. And it also, to me, tracks with the in, the insane degrees of what they're experiencing, like, mo- emotionally, right? Where it's just mm-hmm. pushing them so damn far. It's really pushing their soul to the limits. Something's going on there. I don't know. But there, there's a common thread, a common theme, and I haven't you know put up my cue cards on the board and drawn lines and connected it with paper clips and shit yet during this chaos most of the beings began to leave taking the form of light they had first arrived in but now another entity that's right a fourth entity mm, appeared the party <laughs> one that can almost only be referred to as an angel Aww. In the book, they literally, they, 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 the author literally wrote it out, and they everybody kind of like agreed that in in past times, folks saw this this being, they would call it an angel, like an overwhelming feeling of warmth, of comfort, of understanding, of almost like a a, a maternal kind of like essence to it wearing a robe with glowing light. Um, they didn't get into the fact that biblical angels have like 27 eyeballs and they're rainbow, but whatever. It, it <laughs> That would fit in this situation. Anyways, it was, it was that overwhelming feeling of like peace and comfort and like living and experiencing the moment and everything's fine, right? How do like they physically si- describe it? basically just a robe a female kind of like essence they don't directly say female essence but they start referring to it as she and her and female pronouns um but yeah there's like a majestic robe and a light emanating from it they didn't say you know 5.3 feet tall and da, 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 da. <laughs> like they, they didn't get into that but it like, was they very, say it, was it had like a head and arms and so because you know the way they describe the other beings they're like it had a short torso and long yeah. arms I, with this one they didn't they i i don't remember coming across and i did look obviously like anytime something like this comes up i'm looking for any references front to back of the book for a specific description i don't remember anything specific but i 
I did find it. I did write down like it was it was angelic. Um, I can't think of anything in this world where if it straight up didn't have a head, but it had arms and legs <laughs> and a torso, anybody would be like, I feel comfortable around you. Like, no, that's a worm with arms and legs. I'm concerned. Um, so <laughs> like, you know, that, that, that would, that would strike a different chord, but this, you know, we, we started going up in size. So we kind of had the, well, almost started going up in size. We had the the guards, the monitors, which are just kind of like an ever-present like threat at the end of the truck. Anytime uh, Tom would move a foot towards them, they would rush and move a foot towards him. He would move a foot back. They'd move a foot back. They were, you know, on their game. We have these little gremlins that are kind of like running around in the desert, almost like evil, like lemur monkey demons that are just out there with laser eyes that are just, um, and I don't even think we touched on this, but something they noted early on all the branches and stuff. So there's like juniper trees and mesquite and stuff like that. Those, those little gremlins, as they would move around in them, the branches weren't moving. Nothing. Oh no. Nothing was physically moving as they were moving around and rolling around and being playful. Like if, if catnip worked on, on monkeys, that's what they were acting like. They were just like, woo. And like having a good time and running around and and there's thousands of them like picture a stadium you're stuck in a camper truck the more you get tortured the more everybody cheers that's kind of the vibe in this valley here <laughs> worst concert at red rocks ever um and that's so, so interesting to even note while you're getting torture you know that nothing's moving they they have they have moments of like consciousness between some of these like very intense scenes. I didn't want to write a script of like 45 minutes of a show where I'm just like, (laughs) and then Elise was sad about this one time she spilled ice cream or something like that. Like in (laughs) context in the book, it really does pull you in as a reader because it's so like random it's like and then you're 12 and then you're 18 and then you're 14 and then you're 16 and then your boyfriend has cancer and then you're getting married then you're having sex then your first boyfriend da 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 and then it's just like it it fucks with you when you're reading it like it's it's beautifully written Um, also i want to i want to mention that when you were saying that it reminded me how in the bible says that when you you get like a rapture or whatever um they show like a whole movie of your life you know different times when you were sad when you were happy when you did something wrong and blah 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 i was like oh (laughs) that's a really good point so so tom and elise are super religious um elise is mormon after this experience tom literally uh gets baptized becomes mormon just so he can help comfort elise and become closer to elise i mean it's not super super far off from his his religious views um i mean doesn't like she's super strong religiously but still decided to marry tom so like obviously they they connect close enough you know um but he connects and he literally just straight up says he's like yeah i i did this to remain close to elise like this traumatizes them for years afterwards Mm -hmm. obviously um um but like was I going to say so so they're both religious well pulling that back and I know we're like way off script here but that's that's cool that's what y'all tune in for right maybe hopefully anyway skip ahead if you don't like it um so 
with with Betty Andreessen, she had this like it was like boxing a glacier trying to get over how nice but persistent she was in her demeanor. Like she was very nice, very very unassuming, and if she did assume, it was the best in everything. She's like, well, Jesus would said that he might show up looking like a stranger, so he is the meatloaf, you know. Like she's like, <laughs> hey, you know, like I'm gonna assume the absolute best. I'm literally going to assume you're God you know, or an angel. <laughs> like, that's the best I can assume. Um, but she had this strong religious imagery, right? And this religious connotation, all this jazz that went with it. Eventually saw the phoenix, it was God, yada, yada, yada. Go back and listen to the episode if you want to know more. Um, it's my favorite episode, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so so here, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. That was my long-winded way of getting back to um, if... If they hold the belief that they see their life flash before their eyes, right, when they die, when they're going to die, when they're going to be taken, when whatever, is that the psychology that these beings are tapping into? If you're going to believe any of this at any level with with the beings and with the, the torture they went through, you automatically have to accept the fact that their torture was customized to them, to their psychology, to their memories. So why wouldn't their strong religious convictions influence the overall experience? Like, it makes sense. Like, they're obviously able to get in their heads. They're obviously able to pull up painful, pleasurable positive moments, traumatic moments, buried secrets in their heads. Why wouldn't they be able to get to their psych like their their religious views, their religious convictions and be like, "Oh, you believe that you see your life before your eyes before you die? This is another step we can take to fuck with you." Like they straight up moved their their little invading army out of the way just to create a moment of relief and then fucking tank their emotions in the end. Like, yeah, because they knew how important their kids were, so they were using that against them. So, like they knew all their deepest and darkest secrets. Yeah, so why wouldn't they pull off of the their Elise and Tom's like religious imagery, religious understanding? But that's par for the course, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's on the same road. It's it tracks you know if it's a big deal for them well so are their kids so cool we got that let's exploit it like that's literally everything they're doing um Mm -hmm. so um so we were at the the fourth um being that appeared one that can only or basically only be referred to as an angel long flowing robe super awesome vibes coming off of it things like that <laughs> she had a calm the demeanor or f- immaculate immaculate <laughs> <laughs> she had a calm demeanor and filled tom and elise with comforting emotions a new voice began speaking to them in their heads quote it's all right i'm here now to protect you be at peace it's almost over <laughs> almost <laughs> yikes suddenly <laughs> right suddenly things began to settle and with it a deep deep exhaustion set in Tom and Elise would fall asleep the guards still standing at the end of the truck ew 
I this moment caught me. So I I understand for most for for probably a lot of folks they're gonna read that and be like, how the hell could you fall asleep even if you were tired, even if you weren't at this. I literally experienced that. Um, hey, ch- check out the episode on personal paranormal when like I was running. There was a the whole situation. There was the cop. There was the tree that I was under, and there was a there was a police officer that was shining their spotlight onto me, and like, and I blacked out, and I couldn't explain it. Like I actually felt a moment of connection in this story when I read that because it does come across just like what the fuck. But I heard it and I was like, oh my God, somebody else. Like it, it's weird. You're you're so worked up and like it's like your adrenaline's still flowing, but there's this adrenaline dump, and then it's just like not like you black out, like you you can think back and remember falling asleep, but it's just like you just you just fall asleep. Like you're almost like hypnotized, like into the moment, and then you wake up. So like, yeah, I mean, like, they've been through a lot mentally, and, like, also, it was 3 a.m. when this is happening, so they haven't slept either, yeah. so, of course, the slept. adrenaline is just like, okay, I'm done, there's nothing else, like, let's just fall asleep because we're exhausted. Yeah, I mean, you literally have things that are trying to push and to drain you as far as possible, but... But for me, just my own little moment here, I have straight up experienced something similar to that, which made me go down a road mentally where I was like, stop there. Don't want to keep thinking into this. (laughs) But like, I've experienced that where you're in the middle of something intense and you're just like, and sleep. And it's like your body's just like, give up, dude. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people don't understand mentally exhaustion. Because it's not all about physically exhaustion. Like they mentally, their brain was working so hard to get all those memories, to experience all that stuff. It's like, like, like I, I totally relate because when I'm working, you know, people that just work in the computers and stuff, you are so exhausted afterwards because your brain's working so hard, you know. Girl, they're I was like, what? The you're from just 4 a.m. till 7 p.m. today. Yes, I got you. I got you. It's like people are like, <laughs> you're just sitting there. Why are you so tired? You're just sitting on a chair all day. It's like, bro, my brain is working so hard. You don't even know. It's also, I always pull it back to this. Um, you know, when a lot of folks move from working in, uh, out in the fields on farms to factories, the folks in the fields and the farms, everybody's grandparents. We're like, why are you tired? You're just standing in one spot all day. Yeah. You're just swinging a hammer. You're just <laughs> sewing a dress. You're just doing this. But then the next generation, it's like, why are you tired? You're just sitting at a computer all day. I used to oh, have yeah. to swing a hammer. I used to have to da 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 da. Like, capitalism is good at finding, exploiting, and directing our resources and pushing them to the max and the better that a business does that the more that it overcomes other businesses and it becomes the number one business because it figured out how to turn as much energy into a way to make profit like more so than another one that's what it does Mm -hmm. um so i ain't going to knock somebody for coming home from work i don't care if it's mcdonald's i don't care if it's driving truck i don't care if they're a professional weightlifter instagram influencer 
you're tired at the end of the day it's relative whatever dude <laughs> like anywho i'm with you b well at 8 a.m the next morning they awoke to the sound of a small plane passing overhead Immediately, they shot up, filling with a rush of anxiety as they remembered what they had just experienced only hours earlier. They checked the radio, trying to see if there was any news of what happened the night before, trying to see if the world had ended while they were isolated in the depths of the desert. Remember, they didn't know this whole time if this shit was going on nationally or internationally. They straight up didn't know, which, like, who could blame somebody if you came out of that thinking, like, was that the fucking rapture? Yeah. Like, what? Like, literally, like it. I I always knew it was some crazy shit, some wild shit. Like, I don't, I don't know. Ain't nobody seen this in forever. It, this could have been the rapture. This could have been Judgment Day. This could have been a Russian invasion. Even if it was an alien invasion, which at that point they were both like, yeah, these are aliens. How do they know, isolated in the desert, this didn't happen across the entire world? So they're trying to tune into the radio to just be like, is L.A. burning? <laughs> you know? Is New York on fire? Does the White House still exist? Like I was saying, so so they didn't know, like, if this was global. If everybody was experiencing this. If, if just people in an area. Like, how the... How the fuck would you like all you know is that it happened and it was insane. Mm-hmm. It was intense. You have no clue what's going on. They're they're turning on the radio. They're trying to flip through the stations. And well, nothing. Just country songs and the regular chatter of daily news. They packed up camp as quickly as they could and got the hell out of the canyon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not wanting to feel crazy from from the isolation of the incredible experience, Tom insisted that they look for someone, anyone, camping nearby in the desert that would cooperate seeing ships in the sky or at least all the strange lights from the night before. Again, there was a, a massive craft that completely like capped an entire canyon. Then a 200-foot craft that came out from it. Then six smaller little mini versions of the craft, the size of helicopters, were swarming around. Then thousands of these little things running around the desert, these little (laughs) gremlins. And then beings and, like, souls were being sucked into the sky. If I came out of that shit and I'm, like, the, the main world, right, at least via the radio, main world at the time in terms of connection at that moment, um, wasn't referencing this, I would also feel that drive. I'm like, I'm going to find a neighbor. I'm going to find a rancher. I'm going to find anybody. I don't care if it's a fucking six-year-old that's like, I saw a light bulb. Like, I don't care who it is. I just need somebody to be like, I'm not crazy. Right? You would be freaking out. Mm -hmm. Right? So Tom's like, yo, before we leave, we have to do this now. We have to drive around for a little bit before we head back home. Find somebody that was camping in the area and, and ask them, like, did you see anything like at this? They're still trying to figure out like, did we go crazy last night? Like what the fuck happened? Right. These yeah. I would have been doing lace. the same thing. Asking yeah. people, anyone, anything. These, these folks mm-hmm. are hella straight laced. They are not into anything besides maybe having a couple drinks and that's pushing it. Cause again, Mormon faith, technically not even supposed to have caffeine. 
right? So like that's wait. Like, so did the did the angel Preston's thing actually save them? Like it was like, hey, I'm gonna fall asleep. <clears throat> I'll take you back sleep. home. Yeah, and then I think send it put them, them back sleep. home. No. Pretty much. Yeah, because well, they I think, got abducted. I think they were just. They got so, abducted well, and then they, they started, fell asleep they and then came back. They started to see things lifting up as if it was getting yeah. picked up, but but they weren't going anywhere. And then the... the angel thing came yeah. and was like, it's almost over. And mm-hmm. then they felt really tired. So I think it put them to sleep so that the rest of whatever was going to happen was going to happen. And then I think they're going to unlock the rest of the memories in therapy, regression therapy or whatever. Oh. That's why I love you, boo. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, again, not wanting to feel crazy, this and that and the other. They, they were looking for anybody in the area that could corroborate what they experienced, even if it was just in the peripheral. Like, holy fuck, in that moment, you would at least like to hear one other person at the club be like, yeah, that dude's a creep. You know, like, you would at least like to hear one other person be like, we saw some lights. Were you over camping that way? And you could be like, thank God, yes, we were there, and this is what happened, you know. Well, a few miles away, they came across an elderly couple camping, and with some hesitation, like, at first, Tom got out of the truck, and he's like, I'm going to go up, I'm going to ask him, like, aliens, all this crazy shit. And as he approached this dude, who's just like this old guy, like sitting in a chair, like waving at him at a, you know, 8 a.m. campfire, basically, he like realized, like, I look disheveled as fuck. I look exhausted. And I'm about to ask him about aliens. Like, I <laughs> should maybe change my phrasing. And like, this is, this is important, y'all. Like, this is for folks that are experiencing or have experienced any of these things, this is a a moment. Like you come out of this shit, super high energy, super wanting to connect, wanting to, to cooperate, wanting to clarify, wanting, wanting answers and stuff like that. But really quickly, the world starts creeping in after the world's been shattered, right? It comes back together and you're like, I need to develop a shell. Like, I need to start hiding aspects of things. The rest of the world does exist. I was forced to forget about that. So, I I don't know. I I took a lot of significance from this moment. So, he walks towards the guy. um, Or this elderly couple camping. And with some hesitation, worked up the nerve to ask them if they had seen anything strange in the sky last night. Well, to their grief, the older man told them that... Him and his wife went to bed early and joked that they leave the late night stargazing to young couples like you. They went to bed at like (laughs) seven o'clock and they were the closest people they were able to find in the area. Uh, Of course. Slept through everything. Everything. No. For the next two years, Tom and Elise Gifford would be haunted rightfully so by the trauma of that night's events both of them eventually fully accepting the fact that they were being visited at their house by beings no regular basis their children 
making comments about the monsters with glowing red eyes appearing in their room. Why? Elise, <laughs> Elise becoming pregnant during a very odd encounter, all the while becoming obsessed with learning everything she could about aliens, abductions, and other people's experiences. Tom, falling out of his busybody routine, going from, quote, Mr. Dependable, unquote, to living with the fear of being fired as he struggled to find significance in the shadow of what happened. Yeah. Y'all, this, this shit ruined their lives. Like, just straight yeah. up. Like, this ruined their lives. And I, I can't tell you how many, like, accounts there are in this book of, like, either Tom or Elise or Tom and Elise, like, waking up and just saying to each other without even looking to their sides, like, they're in the room, aren't they? And the other one just being like, yep, they're around us right no. now. Like, like, and there's weird outside kind of like collaborating things and experiences that are happening where it's like the windows in, are closed and shit starts moving and like just like a lot of this kind of stuff comes in where it's just like, oh, fuck. Like the blinds on the, the windows, windows are closed and things. Are so moving. like. What one of the one of the first scenes that they kind of break down with the kids is you know like Elise is back home she's super excited it's only been a couple of days since this super you know traumatic experience um, she already like loved the hell out of her kids and like the book starts off with her like playing with them and being the awesome mom um, and while she's doing that her kid makes a really weird comment no spoilers because I really hope folks read the book kid makes a really weird comment the windows are closed and she's she kind of holds her kid while she's holding him uh in her arm she kind of holds him away for a second after like kissing him and you know being all cute she's like what do you what what do you mean it starts to dawn on her like uh wait are you referring to entities to, to these beings the kid says another weird comment and then the blinds in the room, the, the like curtains around the windows, like start like moving and the same cold air and the same feelings that she got in the camper with Tom, like come back in and she sets her kin down and just starts fucking like screaming. She's like, get the fuck out of my house. Get the blah, 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 blah. And she's like moving around the room. And that's around the time that her kids like, can we leave the light on? I don't like the things that appear with red eyes when you turn the light off. Oh, like shit, shit like God. that. Like, dude, the book is so Ew. packed. It's uh, y'all. It's two hundred pages. Like, read twenty pages a day. You'll finish it soon. Like, it's 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 so hard to put down. It's so good. Like, it's it like they can't ever sleep again. Like, how can you go to sleep at night with all this? Like, it's impossible. They, they try to live with it. Like, and this is something I love. Sorry to keep you know like standing up and being like get the book, but like. It doesn't just book. go from like, here's the experience. Isn't that crazy? Or like, here's the aftermath. Here's this crazy. But it really ties together the timeline of like, hey, this is the reality when some crazy shit happens to you and how people deal with it. Like it goes through like how they how they talk to their parents about it and how their parents' reaction is. Like what their parents' reaction is to it. And like what support, like good, honest meaningful support looks like in that situation but also their parents struggling to show that support in that situation and like this is over the course of like 60 70 pages which are the easy reads and it's just like i've never heard somebody actually approach that topic 
Holy mm-hmm. fucking shit. Nobody's ever approached like, yo, your friend comes to you and they were abducted by aliens. How do you show support? How to help them, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, how do you how do you make a meaningful difference? Like, if you were going to be in this community and you're going to be like, yo, I'm down with this, yo, this might be happening, or I believe in it, like, maybe we should have those conversations? I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, but yeah I, because, I, like, remember that story that really got to me about the guy, the the one that worked in the in the ship and um they fire him and they ruin his life the one with the tic tac yes um that that old guy oh my god it was so sad yeah, yeah. and he didn't um, have a support system i can't remember his name i literally have his like puppy dog face in my mind he kind of reminds me of a of a baby beagle um, it's so sad and, and it's true it's something that people don't yeah. talk about like so many people go through this and they don't mm-hmm. have a support system that helps them walk through this you know well we also yeah and like and to me like first step which i kind of like realized it's not outlined directly in the book but i feel like if you, if you think about it, it it becomes a conclusion which is like yeah we don't have a support system we have no context to talk about this. Like we, we like, there's no conversation about what a support system looks like. It's like all or nothing. Honestly, it's like either the government admits UFOs are real or everybody's fucking crazy. Like that's it. There's two options. It's like, Mm -hmm. you can fit in with a bunch of freaks and like the fringe community over here. Um, you can be a, a topic of like the inquirer or some shit like that. Um, government can come out and literally an act of congress right will say that you're legit or you're fucking crazy and fuck you like how could you have an experience one one hundredth this level and not have your concept of reality shattered just with questions just straight up it it, just if you saw an alien and it was like peace and like disappeared (laughs) You're going to be like, am I crazy? Am I all right? Was I taking drugs? Do I not remember taking drugs? Do I not remember taking drugs because I took drugs? What's going on? What about my aunt who had this issue with her? And da 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 da. That's not supposed to be hereditary to me, but blah blah. Like, you're going to, it's going to fuck with you. There's going to be, and we don't have any conversations that I know of set up where it's just like, hey, you know, let's talk. Yeah. We do with any, but like a breaking of reality, and especially not being for for humans the apex predator anymore is going to be traumatic. The second mm-hmm. we're not the the apex predator in the species, we're gonna fucking have a heart attack and go into shock. But anyways, yeah, definitely. So, so so yeah. Um, where was I? Uh. Tom's falling in and out, being a busybody, routine going from Mr. Dependable to living with the fear of being fired as he struggled to find significance in the shadow of what happened. So he started kind of like slipping in his routine while Elise kind of like embraced learning about it. She wanted to learn more about it. And we see this split in their relationship. Not that it was like tearing them apart, but it was two distinct paths that were taking place. And while not all of this gets fully resolved, I mean, honestly how could it like we just talked about through a very unlikely connection or more so a coincidence the giffords tom and elise and ron felber the author of the book are linked up psychological evaluations 
literally at one of the top institutes in the nation in Washington, D.C., the one that the FBI and the NSA and the CIA use to, like, go through and interrogate and validate, like, witnesses, right, for major decisions in the country. That institute assessed um, Tom and Elise, came out all green. The best they could conclude was that something happened, something 99.99999% close to what they remembered took place. They literally checked them for all forms of, um, I'm going to say, alternate perceptive mentality, right? Like everything that could affect their perception of things, they tested them for, and they're like, you're, you're fine. Like, you're completely great. And, like, down to the level of, like, are you a pathological liar? Are you this? Are you that? Like, they ran them through the gamut. Totally solid. And that doctor, after getting all the green lights, recommended them to a hypnotherapist who is based in Asheville, North Carolina. Huh. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. Back in, I think it was 1991, 1992. Um, oh, I was going to say, let's interview her. <laughs> I, I do have their, their name and their email pulled up, and I do want to hit them up. Um, but didn't want to do that over, like, Christmas weekend. Um, they Part three, then. <laughs> well, they're kind of like a fallback for helping federal witnesses. At least this was their role at the time. Helping federal witnesses on major cases recall situations through extreme experiences of trauma. Right. So like you're in witness protection. You saw some crazy shit, but also like you're a human being. You're locking all that up inside. Um, Like this is the hypnotherapist that they call in to be like, we're going to we're going to bring this out in a healthy, supportive way. Um, So one of the most trusted hypnotherapists in the country proceeded to them, put Elise and uh, Tom through hypnotherapy all the recordings, all the tapes, all the this and that and the other. And that is when you learn about their abduction. But I'm going to save that for you guys. Oh, when they fell asleep? Yes. So when Mm. you hopefully go check out this book, because if you love this show, you should honestly really love this book. Um, It's a damn good read and it's really fascinating. Well, they figured out that they didn't lose their minds, and in the end, they finally do actually reach a sense of closure. They reach a sense of understanding about what happened, why it happened, their place, their role in things. And as I said in part one of this series, there is so much more that can be unpacked in this case. I, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for listening to the Black Cat Report and the Mojave Incident Part 2. I can't imagine what this couple went through. Please like, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Happy New Year to all of you out there, and may the new year bring a new you. Or the same you. Or a past you. Whatever you want to be. We appreciate all the listens, comments, and everything you do to support us. And we'll see you in the new year and on the other side.